This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. As we continue on this road towards legalization of recreational marijuana, you know we have a lot of issues to tackle. And of course, one of those is what about when anyone who is using recreational marijuana, of course right now anyone who is using medicinal marijuana, what happens when they get behind the wheel? The the big question of impairment and whether or not law enforcement agencies have the correct tools to be able to determine if someone is impaired. We've we've talked about that in the past, and I know the there's still a, a lot of discussion about uh, exactly how we'll be able to test for it, the roadside tests. But I want to talk this half hour about the the number of people who do decide to get behind the wheel after they have been smoking marijuana and the impact that has on the safety of our roads. Bonnie Ledbeater is a psychology professor at the University of Victoria, and she is the lead author of a study looking into the number of young adults who are consuming marijuana and driving or even a passenger in a car that is driven by someone who has consumed marijuana. Bonnie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Angela. First of all, just give me an idea of what you were looking at in your research. Well, we were interested in the questions that you're outlining, you know, what what will be the impact of recreational marijuana. Um, And in some ways, um, youth have been accessing marijuana for a very long time. Um, So in our study, which really looked back over the last 10 years, um, we wanted to know if um, people who used marijuana kind of treated it like we hope they're now using treating alcohol and sort of had a designated driver or didn't drive themselves. But that wasn't the case for people who were frequent users. In fact, um, um, the majority, vast majority of them um, also said that they had driven um, either with a person who was using marijuana or using marijuana themselves in the past month. What did you determine as a frequent marijuana user? How much marijuana are they actually smoking before they're getting behind the wheel? Yeah, the um, the classification frequent user for our study was people who use more than once a week, and the average amount that they were either smoking or whatever um, was the equivalent of a two doses or two and a half doses for men and two doses for women. And, and I guess the reason I ask that is because when it comes to alcohol, um, how quickly after you consumed alcohol and how much alcohol did you consume before you're actually driving affects your blood alcohol level differently than if you're saying you're um, consuming marijuana once a week and you're driving? Yeah, and you're consuming a small amount. We don't really know the um, sort of dose-related yeah. impacts um, at that at that level on your driving. In the studies that have looked at um the effects of marijuana um, when people perceive themselves to be high or in um, in that direction of perceiving themselves to be high um, there's a con- there is evidence that people are less good at staying at a constant speed that there's more uh, lane waving weaving and the reaction times are slower and they also have some difficulty with cognitively complex situations like you come to a five-way stop and you've you know, you're talking on your hands-free cell phone and you have people in your car. Um, Managing all of that at once um, is um, more difficult if you're using marijuana. You you looked, you said, over a a 10-year period? 
we looked back over a 10-year period. So um, the young people in this study were really um, 22 to 29 in 2013. Were you able to then also look at uh, the accident rates or collision rates in that period of time? Because, no, unfortunately, you know, we have a tiny, um, tiny 600 people, um, mm-hmm. 400 people in this study. So um, the actual accident rates aren't linked to it. Um, there is research showing that um, the accident the crash rates um, of people in marijuana using marijuana who have marijuana in their blood when they are in the emergency departments is two and a half times the um, level of people who don't have um, mm. who have crashes without having marijuana in their blood. Without having marijuana, and then what about? I'm sure alcohol. It would be way more than that. Well, that's the other problem is that you know we're looking through a little tiny microscope yeah. or lens here at, at uh, marijuana, but in fact, most of the young people who were frequent users were also co-using alcohol. So um, driving is certainly complicated by the um, by the combination of right. these problems. Because then you got to figure out wait what really was impacting their drive. Was it the alcohol or was it the marijuana? Exactly. But in the studies, in the research that just does look at marijuana, um, partic- uh, it, it does impact your driving. Um, there, there seems to be a little question that there is an impact of marijuana on your abilities, on your driving abilities. Bonnie, and, and with your research then, and because as I said, we are moving towards legalization of recreational marijuana, is this sort of a, a red flag just to say we've got to be aware of this or we're going to have to make sure we do a lot of education in a Awareness, just like we have seen with getting behind the wheel after you've been drinking. Right. I think there's a lot of myths out there that, you know, it's harmless or it's less, you know, harmful than alcohol. Um, and in fact, I think uh, young people do need more accurate information to make judgments about um, marijuana. And, um, you know, the designated driver program could be extended into um, thinking about marijuana, thinking about your ability to drive with marijuana. Um, there's um, there could be warning labels on don't drop don't operate machinery or drive using marijuana. I think that um, there really has been a dearth of information. While it's been illegal, we haven't been telling kids you know what they need to know about keeping themselves safe. Has there also been a dearth of research that you don't There's really also have? Been a dearth of research. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think because it's been illegal, um, there hasn't been, you know, as much active research in the consequences of um, using marijuana. When young people are starting to use marijuana, they're much more sensitive to the um, the negative side effects or the side effects of marijuana um, as they are with alcohol. And so there's concerns. I mean, people who have been using marijuana for a very long time sometimes have tolerance, higher tolerance for these things mm-hmm. um, than young people do and young people are also new drivers inexperienced drivers so we're compounding risks by um, using these things and driving and even when we say risks because I think and I'll probably get a number of listeners who say you know when I actually smoke marijuana I'm a little more paranoid I find I'm a slower driver but even that is a risk on the roads yeah, people slow down sometimes, um, not kids. Um, in the studies of kids, they are more reckless or faster. But Even with marijuana, more reckless yeah. and faster. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, but um, some people find they slow down to com- try to compensate for the, you know, the slower-moving cognitions. Right. But, um, uh, I think that it is particularly a pro- going to be a problem for young people and new drivers, really thinking about how to manage this and how to make, you know, healthy choices, how to make 
um, decisions that are um, going to keep you safe. And I don't want to say alcohol or marijuana, one's better than the other. It sounds like you're saying, you know, now we just have to make sure that we are aware of uh, people driving under either of those conditions, whether it be marijuana or alcohol and the risks that are involved and the need to make sure mm-hmm. they aren't getting behind the wheel. Yeah, it is. It is not so much a question of either or. Yeah. Either It's often both. You know, it's people are using both. Yeah. Um, but, but as, yeah, and as I said, I just think as a society, uh, we've got to make sure that we're getting the, the right message out that it doesn't matter what you're using, you still are impaired to some degree. Yeah, and you're, you know, um, creating risks for yourself and for other people that um, you could deal with in a more responsible manner. Is, was there, a, you said you were talking to young people. Does it change as, it, as you age or you're not smoking as much or your body is becoming more adapted to, the, to marijuana? Did you get that far into it? Well, um, I know in the medical marijuana literature, um, no, we, I don't know my area of research is yeah. in, with young people, but in the mar- medical marijuana literature, people do uh, develop tolerance, you know, so they don't have um, as many side effects um, from the uh, psychiatric part, psychoactive parts of mm. these drugs. Um, but young people's um, brains are maturing. There's some concern about um, the effect of these kinds of um, uh, both alcohol and marijuana and other drugs on young people's developing brains and on their, re- their reward centers and their risks for addictions um, related to these problems. So uh, I think young people really are a very specific group who need um, our attention. Do you know if there is, and, and we have different guests on who talk about, yeah, we've got this roadside almost like a breathalyzer. Is, is there anything that is out there that is going to aid um, law enforcement in determining whether someone is truly impaired under marijuana? Um, there's several things tr- that people are trying to develop yeah. um, apart from the, you know, get out and let's see what you can do right. uh, look that the RCMP do. Um, they're kind of uh, reliant on, or that the police do, they're kind of reliant on their own judgments. There isn't the same kind of accurate blow, blow in this thing. Um, in fact, it's very difficult with marijuana because it stays in your blood a long time, and so it's hard to pin down, um, you know, when you took it. So it might still be in your blood, but you took it yesterday. Um, So um, there isn't currently a really good device, although I I know people are working on it. There isn't currently a good device for detecting marijuana. Well, as I said, there's still lots of questions out there, and hopefully we get some of those answered before we uh, roll out the legalization of recreation. this rollout will also involve some more intensive yeah. research, some more intensive public health funding, education funding that will really, um, you know, make it safer. Bonnie, thanks for starting the conversation. Thank you. Bonnie Ledbeater, she is a psychology professor at the University of Victoria and uh, a lead author into this stuff. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.